0: Well, to get you ready for Labor Day, to prepare you for the day tomorrow, I'm going to share with you a very, well, down and depressing statistic. Are you ready for this? If you really want a sad statistic this morning, this is it. That a poll recently taken of Americans all across our nation, a sample of them, revealed that 65% of all Americans dislike their job, and 15% of Americans absolutely hate what it is that they are doing. Now, I don't know about you, but that's kind of alarming and kind of astounding. I mean, the 15%, I can understand people really just just hating to go to work, but the majority of us not liking what it is that we are are doing in this life with the majority of our time, that's pretty sad, isn't it? I would say so. I want us to, uh, to talk today about, about our labors, about the work that we do, and to find purpose and meaning in that just beyond the paycheck or just beyond the accomplishment that we might have at the end, because there is a connection between our work and the sacredness of worship that we're called to do as followers of Christ. And Paul highlights that today. He said, whatever you do, work at it with your whole heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. And so we are called upon to do everything that we do in life for God and for God's glory. And Jesus said, John 10, 10, I've come that you may have life and have it abundantly. And for the 60-something percent of Americans that dislike their work, there's abundance that can still be found in that if we will allow by our faith God to show it to us. So a few questions this morning that I want to ask and answer for you about our labors, because all of us have labors that we do. And the first question is, what is work? What constitutes work? What is it that makes up this thing we call labor or work. And the definition, straight from the dictionary, is this, that work is uh, something that's, um, well, I had it here. Um, Work is defined by the task or duties which have to be accomplished by us. So think about what task or what duties you have ahead of you in the week to come. That is your work that is lying there before you. Don't define work just as what you get paid for in life or or where you go to another place to take care of. But think of your work as all tasks and duties in your life that you need to accomplish. So if you have a job, it probably means that your tasks and duties are responsibilities are around a certain area where you work. It means going to your workplace, being available to your overseer, your boss. It means working with others to accomplish a shared goal. It means moving product if you're a salesperson. It means overseeing a department if you are a manager. If you have a job, your work, by and large, can be defined as that. However, if you are raising kids at home if you are a homemaker and manage a household that is your work if kids are little changing diapers and fixing food and and chasing them around to keep them out of harm's way would be your work if they're school-aged helping them to learn or do their homework uh, when they come home Uh, fixing meals managing the finances of a house that is is a work that is not paid oftentimes and yet is just as valuable and God can use just as much. If you're a student attending class, first and foremost is your responsibility in life, but also doing the, res- the readings that are required, writing papers, taking tests, all of that is your world It's your work, being a student, preparing yourself for something greater in the future. And if you're retired, well it seems that it would be less likely to define that as work, and yet I was just speaking to someone today as they were coming into the service, asking them, newly retired, what they were doing. They've taken opportunities to serve in the community and help those that are in need. I've heard retired people say that they're busier in retirement than they ever were when they were working. It's your life's work. Maybe there's some golf involved if you're retired or, or going on a trip or something you didn't used to be able to do, but, but there's keeping grandkids. There's serving in the church in positions of, of leadership for ministry. Work is not only defined by going somewhere and doing a task there. It is the bulk of life. I, I put up a um, graphic today, if we could forward the slide, that shows we spend the majority of our time working. Did you know that? If you work eight hours a day, five days a week, that's going to take more of your time in the week than any other single activity, even more than sleeping. And yet, if we dread, or if we, in fact, hate our work, where is that going to leave us in life to be Nothing more than miserable. There is uh, something in defining our work, in naming what it is that we do, that gives to us uh, a sense of understanding about who we are. Whether we like it or not, what we do is going to define and make us into the people that we are becoming. It'll influence it anyway. And if it's good, then good. But if it's bad, not so good. If we are called to live a life that is abundant and fruitful for God, we need to find purpose and meaning in our work. And a lot of times we, we can control what it is that we do, but sometimes we can't. I bet all of you, if I asked right now what, what your favorite job in life was, you probably could name it. A time maybe when you had a position when you were making a lot of money that, that uh, took the financial pressures off the table. Or maybe it was the people you worked with that were so good to work with, that you had friendships with. Maybe it was a time when you felt a sense of accomplishment because of your work, but you can say that was my favorite job ever. And I would imagine that I could probably get you to think about, too, what your worst job ever was. Maybe because of the people you worked with, or maybe because you weren't suited or fitted to do the task at hand. Maybe it was that you just didn't like all the pressure that was upon you. And yet, good or bad, in it all, we are called to do our very best as if we are doing it for the Lord, Paul writes. So, defining our work and understanding that that God can use every moment of our life is key and essential and important for all people of faith. A second question to answer is, how should we approach our work? Because attitude is everything, right? You hear that in Paul writing to the slaves in the church. It's very encouraging and affirming to my faith to see that Paul, back 2,000 years ago, is writing to a community of people that includes the wealthy merchants and, and the, the lowly slaves, all gathering together in the love of Christ in a mutual ministry with one another. He writes to the church and writes to us today to remind us that no matter how lowly the task may seem for us, we need to give it our very best and do it as if we're doing it for God. Attitude is everything, right? Right. Have you ever worked with someone before who you're pretty sure didn't really want to be there doing that job? It showed in their attitude or In the things that they said or the ways that they did things. Attitude shows a tremendous amount of how we understand our work and what we're called to do in life. Here are some uh, famous quotes that a friend of mine shared with me this past week about work and about the effort that we put forward in in our labors. Uh, Michael Jordan, basketball, North Carolina famed uh, Hall of Famer, wrote that sometimes things may not go your way, but the effort that you put forth should be there every single night that you play. He's talking about basketball, of course. Ralph Wado Emerson wrote this, enthusiasm is the mother of effort, and without enthusiasm, nothing great has ever been achieved. You hear the the reminders of attitude in this. John Wooden, famed basketball coach, said that success is a peace of mind and a self-satisfaction of knowing that you made the effort to become the best of what it is that you're capable of doing. And all of these things are true and can be accomplished by doing everything that we do, all of our life's work, as if we were doing it for God And yet I'm afraid we don't look at work that way sometimes, do we? No. No, sometimes we like to to get caught up in the the work as a necessary evil in life that is just something that earns us a paycheck or makes us money. It is a a very Greek understanding of things that that Paul writes against in this scripture, an an understanding that, that maybe the things of God are the things of God, but work is just something that is of human toil and of the physical world and the earth. And some Christians even would, would point back to the book of Genesis. Do you remember the story? Adam and Eve were in the garden and they displeased God by doing what they weren't supposed to do. And they were cast out of the garden for their sin and given the toil of the day as a punishment, so to speak. And yet, yet throughout the Bible, that is not the way that work is portrayed or put forward, and, and Paul's scripture today highlights that. Work is not a necessary evil, but it is a means by which God can use us and do tremendous things to impact the world. But we look at work kind of like something we're just trying to get through, right, to pass by that time so that we can get to what? The weekend that we really want to get to. Like the the Geico commercial, one of my favorite ones, with the camel, you know, that's walking through the cubicles at the office and talking. It's a fantasy commercial, but he's talking about hump day, which is what we call Wednesday. Getting over the hump, if you will, because it's downhill until the time we have off. We talk about retirement, don't we? Retired? as if by the time we reach working our adult life that we're going to be tired and worn out and that, that it was just something that we had to do and it was just such a strain that we're so tired from it. And yet, yet that's in conflict with how the Scripture says that every single moment in life God can use and redeem even if it's broken. You heard Sherry's lesson today about the broken crayons. And about how God could use those regardless, whether they're broken or whether their holy kids could color with them, both just the same. And our moments in life need to be given to God for use and for redemption, for the redemption of the world. Every opportunity you have to serve God and to make an impact for his kingdom wherever you are, that is a gift of redemption to the world to show love, God's love, in the, the strict strict um, definition of, of darkness and hate that seems to be around us. So we look at work, I'm afraid, in a very negative light in this day and age. And maybe that's why 65% of us polled said that we don't like our work. But then some people look at work in a in a much greater way, in an excessive way, in an addictive way, right? Yeah, you've heard the term before, workaholic, right? Yes. People that would make work just the definition of who they are, let it define them, and make that be their, their um, total identity, and not the grace of God, and the other things in life such as family that are so important. I've known people before that are addictive. They have addictive behaviors and they take upon themselves their work as a way in which to pour all of their efforts and time so as to find purpose and meaning and fulfillment. But the negative, the drawback of that, and you know what this is, is that when there is is an identity crisis, When someone's job ends or when someone's work doesn't pan out or it's not as successful as they think, if they are a workaholic, then they find themselves empty, void, and crashing. Well, the point of it all is that we should approach work as something that is a gift of God. All of our efforts every single day not create a restlessness or a a hopelessness of just wishing it would all pass by or making it the God which we worship in all things. Paul says, whatever you do, do it all with your heart as if working for the Lord. Now there is in the Old Testament today, in answer to a third question, which is what difference can God make in our work, there is a term in the Old Testament that is used Uh, 289 times. And the Greek word for it, uh, you need to go back one. The Hebrew word for it, so that I can get that right and quit calling it Greek, is avadah. And that word interchangeably in the Old Testament is used in one of three ways. It's quite interesting. It can mean work, as in the physical labor that we must do. It also can mean worship, as in worshiping God or worshiping false gods. It's used in that context. And service as well. Service to others or service on behalf of God, like a priest in the Old Testament. Isn't that interesting that, that the Old Testament understanding of, of work also includes the worship that God's people were called to do in the service To God and others as well. What if we viewed our work, our task at hand in the week to come in such a way that it was our worship to God for all seven days of the week? I would imagine that we would look at it in a very different way and seize the opportunities at hand to make a difference and shine a light and to serve God wherever we are. I just finished up my sermon series last week on the story of Joseph and I summed it up. I'm not going to preach another one. Ten weeks covered it very well. But the story of Joseph is a wonderful one of this scripture of Paul's that is fulfilled in the Old Testament. No matter where it was that he was put by his brothers or by slave traders when he was enslaved, or Potiphar when he was falsely accused by his wife and thrown into prison. And when he was even moved into Pharaoh's court. No matter where it was that that Joseph was, he found opportunities to serve God and to make a difference for God's kingdom wherever he was. In, in the darkest of places like prisons, in, in slavery where He was told what to do and had very little choice about about his duties and his responsibilities. Joseph found a way to honor God and to commit his life and his days and every breath to God. And in that, God used him mightily for a witness to all of the world. What if we were to take our task at hand, good or bad, wanted or unwanted, And committed them to God in the week to come. We could make a very big difference. And a new approach, a new way we could show and shed the Christian faith that we so desire to live. And make a big difference for the kingdom of God at hand. How is it that you look at your work? I want us today to, to, to prepare and to commit ourselves for the week to come to live out our faith through our work. Whatever it is that you have to do, Paul wrote, work at it with all of your heart as if working for the Lord.